This podcast is brought to you by nbs.fm, the no bullshit podcast network. Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of the Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Callow. And if this is your first time listening to the show, this is where we share the highs, the lows, and all the learnings of what it truly takes to build a business. Over the last seven years, we've gone from an idea, bootstrapped the business, raised some funding from some angels, then raised some venture capital, and we've made a number of mistakes along the way, and this podcast is to help you avoid making those same mistakes. If this is your first time here, don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. So Adam, we put a call out, or you more specifically put a call out, on <laughs> Season Fire's introductory episode. I was going to say inaugural, but that's not the right word, is it? First episode of season five, we di- we caught up on where the boys are at. Yep, the trio. The um... can I just can I just say before you carry on with wherever you're going with this? <laughs> Actually, let me just buy you, you some yeah. time so you can work out where you go with this. Let, let me, me write vamp. some notes. Let me vamp for a sec. You just showed me the data of like because we've been off the grid for a while and we we're like, I wonder what the listenership's like. We've literally had that that spike you just showed me. Mm-hmm. It's the highest spike it's been in over two and a half years. Two years. What was the time frame? Uh, I saw it back to 2019. So our our peak, our previous peak was January 2019. Wow. So yeah, guys, um, I'm glad you're back because so are we. Is all I'm saying. Like we didn't know whether we were communicating to like nine people or the audience. Like that was cool to see. Anyway, mate, I've bought you some time to compose your thoughts. What were you saying? Let me just cut straight to it. You put a call out at the end of last episode saying hey guys doing some coaching uh you're on your coaching course should i say yep you want some people to that you don't know to reach out get in touch um and i i just want to say how did how was that going because i saw i think i saw a couple of emails come mm-hmm. in but obviously that was to uh shared inbox but i know you give out your direct inbox which no one else has um in the team <laughs> it's pretty lonely <laughs> um yeah how's it going What's yeah. the update been? Have you had the the conversations, calls, or anything like that? Yeah, so you kind of never know what to expect when you, because we never really get direct feedback, and I guess we judge the show based on listens, but we don't really know how many people are going to take action. Remember mm-hmm. that old war cry? That was the best war cry. Remember that? Take action. Take action or unsubscribe. People still remind us of it that. Turns out they weren't unsubscribing, <laughs> so hopefully they were taking plenty of actions. So. I'm really happy. So we've had, uh, I think it's seven responses so far, which is awesome. Nice. Um, so seven responses come through. So every one of those has got a reply or we're in the middle of a conversation. Uh, and I think four or five of those, I, I fired a Calendly link over to today. Uh, and that's so we can kind of book off what I class. I kind of class it as a kickoff session, which isn't a coaching session. It's like, let's just get to know each other. Was it, Sorry, just to interrupt. Did you say, am I making this up, but did you say you were looking for 10 people? Or I've got a, I've got a minimum requirement of 10 people okay. um, for my deployment. I'm, so plenty of spaces left, guys. If you're listening, thinking, oh, I bet he's already busy. Everyone else has taken the opportunity. John, pull the car over. <laughs> send the email. Back to get John, on board, we? mate. <laughs> We're back to John in the car. <laughs> oh, things go around in circles. John, Paul, they? and Eric, I'm going to say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got those sent across. So, hopefully, going to jump on some of those calls in the next couple of weeks. Um, and probably looking to take on a, a couple of coaches in Jan. Uh, and for those of you that listen that don't know what we're talking about is I'm going through a diploma. 
Uh, part of that diploma is I need to get some practice. Very simply put, I'm learning new tools every month uh, and I'm looking to put those to work. Uh, and the recommendation was to not use anyone with inside my basically friendship circle or basically acquaintance circle. You want to yeah. find people that uh, kind of don't know you because uh, that will allow you to really test the tools out and not go into these coaching calls with preconceived ideas or or plans outside of what I've been taught. So, And just to gloss over briefly what kind of thing they could expect from it. Are you, have you, for example, are you doing like a module on the course and then you're going to speak to Paul who's going to email you uh, and go, hey, Paul, I've learned this sort of module. We're gonna, we're just gonna tackle this aspect. I don't, I don't quite know how the course works. No, that's a but. good question. So uh, right now in the course, we're we're sort of being taught the foundations of coaching, and what really makes up a through to the basics of how do you contract a coachee. So contracting is uh, what's the what's the agreement between me and you. What are you trying to get out of it? The fact that everything is kept one hundred percent confidential. Length of length of calls. Number of sessions basic stuff all the way through to what does a constructive coaching call look like so when you're having a session with someone what does that look like so we're taught basically a, a number of different tools to allow the coaches to get the most out of the the session so they come away with it with some insight or actions um, and then throughout the rest of the year what we're doing is really zooming into different areas so when you're coaching for change um, or you're coaching for um well, there's, a, there's a whole different coaching mm. change, uh, coaching for people wanting to grow their emotional intelligence or self-awareness. There's these different modules that we then zoom into. So, so, into you, so you actually kind of cover the whole coaching process from the word go almost, but then you just get, you refine your skills in different areas. Yeah. So it's not like you're going in only knowing 10% of the full experience you just you get better over time yeah i've kind of got like these foundational tools that i've been given and i'm learning those yep um and then so to answer your question if someone say i want to i want to focus on this i won't go oh that's module five we we can't Mm. work together now because there's basic foundational stuff that i've been taught that will help what it will mean if someone comes and says actually i'm going through this change right now and i go well coaching for change is my third module what i'll then do is pick up my third module and go through my course material learn what i need to do then apply my foundational knowledge plus the course specific knowledge into our calls and i'll test new things with you to see what works and that's really Mm -hmm. what it is Uh, it's a it's a place for me to develop my skills and it's a place for a coachee to get free coaching from me um, and hopefully over the space of six or eight sessions we'll both get quite a lot from it yeah so one question I have actually, because um, I know you've, um, uh, Dave actually listened to the show, but I know you spoke to Dave recently. Um, hopefully <laughs> you, he doesn't mind me talking about this, but I know that you had a conversation with him and he was, was he having coaching, because um, it's like coaching and ment- mentoring, mentorship, whatever. Yep. Um, was he having coaching but need, needed mentorship or the other way around? Like there's, I thought they were kind of the same thing, right? But they're slightly different it, what's the difference yeah, so, between what you're doing to, to to mentoring someone awesome question by the way um <laughs> super impressed <laughs> Inside joke. you guys might not pick up on the show but i say the word uh, super quite a lot apparently um so um difference between coaching and mentoring so i i didn't know the clear cut lines between it until i started my diploma but i think it's it's really important and it's actually something that's coming to the business a little bit um, I'll explain how in a sec. So 
probably the best way for me to explain it in terms of how I got it explained to me, which made sense, is when you when you work with a mentor, it's normally someone that's got a specific knowledge of the area that you're working in. And that knowledge comes with experience. And experience has often made mistakes and can help you shortcut the mistakes that they've made. So an example is you bring a box to the table with your mentor and you say, in this box, there's a big fucking problem Mm -hmm. and I need help with it. So a mentor will then roll their sleeves up and say, well, let's have a look at the box. They'll open the box and they'll look at the problem and they'll go, okay, I can't have seen this problem before. You probably want to do A, B and C, but that's the wrong thing. I did this and it worked. Go and do this. So very directional. You're really leaning on their experience and their knowledge. Whereas in a coaching format, it's you bring a box to the table and I go, H, what's in the box? And you go, a big problem. And my job as a coach is not to look in the box. My job as a coach is to look at you and help you expand your thinking Mm. about what's in the box. So I don't fix that problem. We work on you to help you grow to the point that that box and future boxes you can sort and deal with yourself. That's really the big difference between it. Um, so, because I know sometimes, I can't, what was the conversation we were having before uh, about teaching a man to fish and all that jazz? Uh, <laughs> but like, it feels like the way, the, way, the way you explain that mentorship can be a little bit handholdy, for lack of a better term. Is that is that right or? Um, I wouldn't say handholdy because I think handholdy probably has a negative connotation to it. I think it's just more, it's faster. Like it's... It's more applicable to the challenge at hand. Yeah, exactly. Like if if we take someone like like Mark, our CTO, I've been reaching out because I want to try and find a mentor for Mark, someone that has CTO experience in larger organizations mm-hmm. because I can't help Mark make the right decisions and fast track some of the things we want to do. I need to, he needs to have someone to lean on and go, got this problem. What does that look like? And then the business needs to support that growth in him as, as we sort of grow the company. So there's sort of me and Mark had a conversation about coaching and mentorship, interestingly, which was well, what's the difference. We found a really good guy and those calls might be split very specifically into a coaching call where he's helping Mark grow into a CTO that can run a large team, lots of resources and then mentorship calls, which are, what's your problem, mate? Let's see if I can help mm-hmm. with it and splitting them up like that. And it has to be really split up. You can't go into a call and kind of contract half and half. You have to go in and be very specific for it. So how do you draw the line on that? It's all about that contracting up front. So when you're having that conversation with them, little things like um, when me and you sit down to do a piece of work together, if I'm coming away with work to do, it is not a coaching relationship. Mm-hmm. Like it's a mentorship slash just friend helping you out. Um, so there's little indicators that I've learned, which means huh, I shouldn't have come away from that call with work on my to-do list. That's not ever uh, at all to any degree. The only real thing. Other than maybe connecting. You connecting, to connecting people or sending resources over mm-hmm. uh, as an example. But if I come away with a list of actions to do, it's because I've said, <laughs> kind of know that Harry should probably do this, but. I can probably do it quicker. Mm. I'll just do it for him. That is not what a coaching and is. And that, that was where the uh, the whole conversation was, right? Because you, you had that very situation happen recently. It's like, well, you can you can build this thing yourself, but you're like, but I'll just do it for you because it'll only take me 25 Yeah, it was a me- member of the community. <laughs> Mr. Hood, he knows. I'm like, he could go and build a website and learn how to build that. And I'm like, but it's going to take you a few hours, bud. And if you just send me this info, I can do it in 30 minutes. I'll just do it. That wasn't coaching. wasn't mentioning. That was so, just, John, it's on you now. <laughs> that was just three friends hanging out and trying to help build a business mm-hmm. together. Um, but I think there's little indicators that you can have uh, that will help you understand 
the call. And it's not like you failed. If I come away from one of my calls and I'm doing a piece of work, as long as I bring that to the table next time, I'm like, listen, H, I really enjoyed last call. I went away and did this. Just need to sort of recontract with you just so we're both on the same page that some of the stuff that I went away and did, I shouldn't be doing. This is about expanding you. So I just need to move that responsibility back to you. So you need to do this. So it, it's it's a give and take, but it's just making sure that every time we go into a call, we're clear on where the boundaries are. And that's something I'm learning about right now. Maybe, maybe this is diving in a little too much, but do you think there's ever a time where you would do that to, I don't know, like illustrate, um, give to give an example, it's like, look, I, I, I'm going to go away and do this this time, but this is going to be on you in the future. Yeah, but that's sort of where it kind of leans into mentorship. And even at that point, I'm like, H, it happened actually with a client the other day who is in, in, in a mentorship program that we do. Uh, and it was... Um, because he, he wants to shift and do some more coaching and mindset mm-hmm. stuff. And I said, well, here's what might happen is we'll be having a call of one type and we might just have to pause the call and recontract to say, hey, we, we've started off with coaching, but I've got some experience in this field. So let's put draw a line under this and put a bow on this and say, well, here's where we are. And then let's pick up a call on mentoring and let's let's speed this up. And it has That's to be weird. That is very right. very weird. But it has and you, to, and you have to like call it out like that. Has to. to be black and white. Otherwise, the coachee doesn't understand where the lines are, and they are all they are always unsure. So they have to know exactly. That's hold weird. on, are you helping me expand my thinking, or am I leaning on your experience? Like where where does the responsibility of this conversation sit? Can I keep prompting you and ask you for questions, or are you asking me questions and I need to be more internally reflective and start digging into how mm-hmm. I feel? two very different mindsets to be in. And when you contract, even because contracting is contracting, but it's really about pausing. It's really about, hold on, what are we trying to achieve here? Well, I need to tap into your experience to do X. Okay, we're about to have a mentorship, mentoring call. Let's go into that. We don't blend the two. That's brand new to me, by the way, because... Well, and <laughs> I, like, you'd even just have a pause, like mid-conversation. Yeah, stuff. mid-conversation. Like, cool. we're, 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 Recontract. We're blurring the lines here. Let's just, let's take a moment let's move into more of a mentorship yeah. mentorship role right now. Yeah, let's Tell move. me the problem, let's tackle it. Exactly that. And I like that line actually. Hey, we're blowing the lines a little bit now between the two types of calls that we have. So let's just take pause here because I can feel myself, I'm probably going to take some work onto my shoulders to do, which isn't part of my coaching responsibility. So let's just pause. Are we happy with this subject matter and what we want to get out of the coaching call? If no, let's just keep digging down that and let me coach you. Or cool let's pause and let's dig into my experience here because it will happen when i coach someone and i've got experience in that mm. field and i'll want to because just my personality i want to cool let's just get you there quicker let me help and that's my biggest problem when i go through coaching right now that's the thing that i keep raising is this blurring of lines between mentorship and coaching well that that was what i was just going to ask is do you what's the best way to say this like you start out with the coaching call, and then, and then it, it, it's it's drifting into a mentorship conversation. But do you, do you do both, or do you go look? This is this is we're getting a little bit too in the weeds here. We need to step this back. Like, do you, is there is there a I guess is there a right or and wrong way to do a coaching call, or is it just something that you as a coach need to be aware of? That if the lines start getting blurred, I need to. Stop, pause, reframe the conversation. Um, all the responsibility there sits with the coach, as in how you, how you are navigating and structuring the call. Um, also, one thing I forgot to mention is a mentor should have industry experience. A coach doesn't have to have any industry experience. That's not their job. Uh, you can hire a coach. Like the skill set that I'm learning, I should be able to sit with the CEO of a publicly traded company 
who does something that I don't understand. So I don't need to understand it. I need him to bring the problem to the table and expand and help him expand his thinking about the problem. And I'm learning the tools to do that. It's not about me having industry knowledge. Mm. So specifically for me and the guys that have reached out, those of you, like like 90% of you, are not from the trade background. One of you are. And that's amazing because it's really going to help me stay out of your box, as my coach calls it. Stay out their box. Like, don't look in their box. <laughs> Won't be the first time you've been told that either. <laughs> so because I don't have industry experience, it really means you can just focus on the coaching call. The problems are is when you have industry experience and you're trying to, and the two get very blurry. But that's about me becoming a professional. I'm years away from that. And would you refrain? Do you think, or do you think, or or is it is it? Or again, is that your call? It's like, okay, this this is actually this is moving into something that I know a bit about, but I don't really want to end up doing old mentorship well, think, thing. Think I just want to stick to the coaching. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a positive. I think it's an unfair advantage as a coach because I can go. I've been here. I kind of know what they're going through. I can probably ask more insightful questions as a coach. Because don't forget, the mentor's giving you the answers. The coach is asking the questions. I can probably I can probably ask more insightful questions that trigger the right thinking in you. Mm-hmm. And the right thinking is air quotes. So potentially, there's no definition of right thinking. But I can at least put you on the path that I think will help you get to the answer you're looking for because I've experienced it. So I can probably ask better questions with a bit of knowledge. But a bit of knowledge is dangerous. So it's always this balancing act. But... I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it. I've just realised we've just turned this into the coaching show. <laughs> um, we'll move on uh, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep the listeners for another ten minutes at least. Um, How long have we been going? Eighteen-ish minutes. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. But hey, we like to have chats back and forth before we hit record. Well, before before we go live, should I say? Um, one of the note I had is we've done campaigns recently. Um, Christmas is around the corner. We've had Black Friday. Mm-hmm. The world is in meltdown. Um, which everyone's trying to stay above water. We've hired someone during lockdown. <laughs> yeah, um, I love not knowing your notes. By the way, it makes it quite fun. <laughs> hey, you want to be this side, mate? <laughs> Trust me, they're just as new to me as they are to you. Pictures, <laughs> I I'm like, that's an idea for later. And I come back and I'm like, I've just got hiring. <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, um, I guess talk about that, but because it's like a for the business it's a financial commitment we when um this it feels like a distant memory now but when lockdown and all that started we were about to hire someone right and then we didn't because mm-hmm. for that for that very reason um i guess what's changed that role seems crazy to me now for those of you that remember genuinely that. as i was saying that i was like am i talking about something that happened last year no no it's crazy that's that was weird so, so that was an executive assistant that mm-hmm. was because things were going pretty mental in a positive way for us in the yeah. business. Uh, and I got a recommendation and really bought into the idea of having an EA. Um, so I actually did the maths on the whole thing and it worked out like I did like, I'd save like two days a week, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, so... Because I even remember we were all getting G'd up, like you were talking to us all and it's like, look, someone's going to come in. Extension they, of me. They, yeah, extension of me. You're going to speak to them now. <laughs> and oh, you guys are taking the piss. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it, it would have been really interesting. Um, but obviously not one for now. So I, I guess the summary of that is world falls apart. The existing team is the only thing I care about. Um, uh, for anyone that wants to actually know, well, like we've covered this probably in a couple of episodes back yeah, yeah. so if they want to uh, dig through the archives they can yeah uh, so and go through that as it happens at some point this year go and listen to that it was an interesting time mm. but the summary of that is 
protect the current employees yeah. and we did not know what the world was looking like and we were we had clients putting us on hold and large retainers being frozen and that was scary like that was scary so um and then to fast forward so there's a, a lot of stuff has happened and we've covered most of it from the show there's probably like a two-month window where we haven't covered it off so there's probably some bits that we should pull out in the next couple of shows about that um but to your point um one of the one of the products that we run here at Expert Trades is a product to get trades professionals found online with a professional website that's integrated into our platform. So there's some cool stuff they can do with it. Uh, and every year, uh, for the last four years, we've done a ridiculously compelling deal um, around Black Friday. And Fordy, Matt Ford in our team, who's the manager of that product, um, normally hires someone January, February time. And he came to me and said, Adam, he said, like, I know the world's falling apart. My team is already pushed and they are stretched. So I actually want to hire someone ahead of the sale because I don't want this breaking. I don't want my whole team and me being overstretched over Christmas, Jan and Feb because we don't really know what the hiring situation is going to be like. And then Nina knows this. So Nina's the new the new member of the team. So we had a we had a really interesting conversation, me and Forty, which was you're asking me to take extra risk when every single day is a risk right now. And I really appreciate the fact you raised it, but I had to push back and say, well, here's here's the rules that we have to play to. You're telling me that we're going to hit the sale and we're going to hit the target. And I've got full confidence that the website team with Danny and your support will hit it. But you got to get everyone focused and aligned to hit it because we don't really know what the market is like mm. in terms of trade professionals wanting to spend money on next year. They're kind of worrying about today and next week yeah. and this month. So there's a lot of unknowns. I said, Matt, I said, if I'm just speaking really honestly with you, I said, if you hire someone and we don't hit our target, you're going to write 25% off the P&L. Like, and that's a huge chunk. Uh, immediately, you're going to write, write 25% off in our profits. And the business right now needs that profit because of the other areas of the business that are behind because of what's gone on this year. So if you're going to make the job offer and you're going to put a posting out, one, be damn sure you're going to hit the target. So do what you can ahead of that to get confident, get your confidence levels high. Then how we operate here is completely transparent. If you join the team, you know that. And even before you've joined the team, we're transparent. So I said, you need to communicate to this person who is potentially leaving their job to join our team because they want to pursue a different career and do something different that actually inspires them and motivates them, that if we don't deliver this number, we cannot keep them in our team. So that's a decision for you to have, Matt. One, do you want to make that choice? And two, do you want to communicate that? Because if you don't want to communicate that, you have to wait. If you want to communicate that, crack on. And that was the first time we've ever done that. And that sort of just shows how we've had to change the tone of recruitment this year. Mm. And just financial awareness within the business. Like we just have to really understand uh, across the whole business what the PL looks like for each product. And that's been a good learning curve for everyone, including me, to really zoom in. So that was really, I guess for me, just reflect on that. That was some really constructive, helpful conversations between me and Forty. That was just that's the way it should run. Positive friction is the term that I'm a big fan of right now. Um, so I spoke to Nina. Nina obviously felt confident with what Matt was saying. So Nina joined the team like three weeks before Black Friday. <laughs> and I, would, I was like, I would love to know same, what Forty said. Same. Um, we've had a really successful record with that. And I think what I think the summary of it is there's two things to talk about. There's it's amazing what happens when stakes are raised. 
because it wasn't just a, oh, if we don't hit this, this person can't stay in the team. It's sort of, this person's made a commitment and they've made a leap of faith. <laughs> Let's not fucking let them fall. Let's catch them. So the whole team did more work than we've ever done for any campaign, which was amazing to see. So uh, the collaboration between the team from the website team, 40, you, everything was just beautiful to see, ir- irrespective of the results. Uh, and then we go and smash the results out the park like we've never done before in a record time. Um, so I guess to put in perspective, we sold 51 websites last year. This And that was over the space of Black Friday weekend, Friday to Monday. This year we sold 51 websites in 13 hours or something crazy like that. It was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I bet Nina enjoyed seeing those website sales go in. <laughs> um, and I also think the reason that we were really confident on, well, not confident on, that's the wrong word. One of the reasons that I was willing to say, actually, we might need to place this bet, Matt, as long as we communicate it, is because Nina already feels like one of us. Mm. Uh, just good individual, very smart, uh, and clearly hardworking, and settling in really well. Um, so that's that. I guess to pull back to the what it looks like from an expert trades hiring during lockdown, bloody weird. Like, so interesting stuff happened where it's like, well, can we meet? Can, yes or no? Well, yes, we can, but is it responsible? Yes or no? And you have to kind of go through the this like decision tree of stuff. It's like, oh. So I think what we kind of came down to is some of the stuff we've got to meet for. And then we go, actually, well, how do you limit exposure and all this stuff? So some of the times Matt would come in the office and they'd be in a different part of the office to us. I'd say to Matt and Nina, like, consider you guys isolating in that part of the office. Clean the desk down, do this, do that, because we've got to be responsible here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went through that. And I'd probably say the the thing that stands out for me, and it's really a testament to the culture that we've built here, is I don't think Nina really knew what we were like until that day she came and sat in the office the other day. I think it was me, you, Nina, Fordy, working around a table. I think Danny might have been there as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I can't remember. There was a, there was four or five of us, and it was like it used to be. It was a team mm. working shoulder to shoulder, relatively socially distanced, <laughs> <laughs> metaphorically, uh, getting work done and ha- like getting good work done and having fun in the process. And that's how we've done things here. Uh, and I I think I said to you that day. I said I think that's the first time she understands who she works for. Mm-hmm. Like this is the company that she works for, and this is she should feel. She should have gone away that day feeling, I get you guys now. Because now everything that we do over Slack and remotely, we'll just have a little bit more context to it. Yeah, but- there's a there's a massive amount of value of people just sharing an office space together. Mm-hmm. like the, Because you, you can have banter over Slack and stuff, but it just doesn't, you just don't get the vibe the same way you do as when you're in a room together. Because you don't know if it's like forced <laughs> or if it's just like the obligatory, <laughs> here's a joke and send sort of thing um i just when you when you realize we're a laugh a minute in the office uh (laughs) Uh, i actually remember glancing over to 40 and 40 it was i could read his mind and he was clearly thinking i really enjoyed being here but how the fuck did we ever get any work done (laughs) i I think he said it to my face oh did he okay i just remember going he's like i'm pretty sure he's like yeah yeah, so it is good to uh catch up with that but yeah we just didn't get a lot done today (laughs) oh did he okay I, i remember glancing over and i was like that's what he's thinking um I think one thing to touch base on as well is like 
given the fact that there's a lot of uncertainty, someone might be thinking, why do you make a hire when there's so much uncertainty? Uh, I think it's a good point to just discuss or just at least mention is across the different parts of our business, the one that is the most buttoned up in terms of, well, it costs this much to service a customer. It costs this much to acquire a customer. Once they've been a customer for this long, it becomes profitable. And here's the level of profit one account manager makes per portfolio of customers. Like we know the numbers for this. We've been doing this for four years. Um, nearly, well, probably five years now, actually. And I think that regard, regardless of what's going on in the world, you have to look at areas of your business that generate profit and you cannot, you can't, yeah, I think the like you knew the numbers on on how much it takes and how much it costs and 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 all that. I think the bit the the more I think the more important question is um is how is the unknown of when when we did the sale right? Like it was like if we hit these numbers, we will make the hire or the hire is covered or the all the cost covered sweet. The one thing you didn't really know is whether anyone would buy anything <laughs> yeah, yeah no exactly so that, that's that was the bigger unknown so i get that's more of a, a th- knowing that the sales went through isn't necessarily the issue it's like how did we know that the sales we, were gonna well happen? that's the key point there is we didn't and i refuse to be in a position where we don't hit a sales number and then we let someone go and they're like why did you let me go because if you knew this if because you, you have to play this out in the in that person's head is hold on if you knew that my role because what that by the way the sale isn't about the revenue it generates just to make that clear the revenue it generates has nothing to do with it because we've got cash in the bank the the sale is about the ongoing work and requirement for that role in the business so if we sell 50 websites we have to build 50 websites but then we have mm-hmm. to support those 50 websites for the next indefinite we keep customers for a long time so it's about if we sell this many websites we're going to need an extra set of hands to support that workload. Mm-hmm. Not about the the income at that point uh, initially from the setup stuff that we do. Um, but if you if you play that out and you say you don't hit it, you go, well, hold on. Why didn't you just tell me that? Because you think about it is how would you want to be treated? Hey, Harry, I've got this. We've got this role and you want to do it. We can wait till Jan or at least middle of no- end of November and see if we hit this target and we can make the offer. Or if you're on a bit of a time thing your side and you want to get involved now, we can make you the offer, but if we don't hit this number, the role isn't needed. What do you want to do? That's how I'd want to be treated. Mm. If it was the other way around, then it's like, oh, we didn't hit the, we, we had this sale, we didn't hit this number, we can't keep you. I would not. I would. It's like temp work with the opportunity for permanent. Yeah, that's what it would have been advertised, but we weren't advertising that. We we're advertising permanent role. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think there's a lot of benefit in just being extremely transparent within the business. I just think it allows you to have, I don't even want to say faster conversations, just real conversations with people and hit. And the, the, the absolute byproduct of that, which is amazing is you build trust immediately. Because if I say to someone, by the way, this is what's happening. If this doesn't happen, I'm going to have to let you go. They know that I'm going to speak to them in an honest way, always, every mm-hmm. time. That goes a really long way. And, and just to wrap that up, the thing I was trying to mention earlier is I know the world is really tough right now and I got I got pushed as well, which is, well, which parts of the business generate profit? Mm. Lean in and spend. Do not turtle up and like just try and tick over because if you've got parts of the business that make you money, you need that more than ever. You need to pull that lever as hard as you can to grow that part of the business, to sustain other areas of the business where you're now losing money. 
So we could have said, hunker down, cut all costs, let's just get through. I think that's completely the wrong thing to do. I think if there's part of your business that you can make money at, pull that lever, still support your customers, support your team, but you have to look for the areas to make profit and not just think all things are bad, which is a great segue, by the way, which I just teed myself up for, which is a topic... You look so proud of that yeah, as yeah, well. I just met, yeah, yeah, did you see that? this light bulb moment? Because um, I'm just aware of time. And um, The thing I wrote down in my, in my notes that I went out before the show is a conversation I want to have with me, you and Sam uh, on, on next week's show is just be so here's what happened with me is you kind of go everything's shit because this this year's just been shit i'm not even talking about business i'm just talking about just the year in general like it's just all very oh jesus what a year like it's been crazy and then what i found is you would then tr- project that onto other things in your life and you say it's shit mm. it's shit and you'd look for change and you'd look for change because there's so many things that you can no longer do in your personal life it's all very Groundhog Day. So then you say everything else is shit and it might not be. So I just would love to have it as a conversation and just, I guess, just talk through that, which is how do you how do you keep a level of self-awareness around you when there's so much shit going on, but to find the time to look at the positives, the whether it's personal and it's positives and gratitude sort of thing or whether it's business. and Because it's very easy to say business is struggling right now, but you have to click one level deeper and go overall yes but there's some diamonds in the rough here mm. let's let's look at those and let's accelerate those because i think that's where winners are going to be made in the next year yeah and no, i won't that is a big topic for us to talk about but that's that's very hard for because the the biggest thing right now is everything is shit mm-hmm. everything's shit no one's done anything no one's been anywhere there's nothing to be happy about but like you say there is but it's really hard to kind of look through that and take away the small positives 100 percent. and what's hard is looking through and taking away the positives but then actually celebrating them mm-hmm. because you feel like a dick yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah the, like, you, you listen, almost don't have the, you almost do don't it. have we the right to, to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. But i'm happy exactly <laughs> so, listen there's there's something there and I, I think it's good timing to just chat with you and sam about it um because i think as we draw to the end of the year we just have to take a moment and reflect because there have been some amazing wins and I've pulled them out of my journal recently because I've needed to find them. Amongst all the shit, there's wins. We need to just have a conversation about it so people listening do that too because this is how you'll get your mindset right for next year. And with with all the with all the craziness going on and the volatility going on around us, volatility creates opportunity. And mm-hmm. that's what I want the audience to remember and think about. Cool. We will wrap it up there. I'm excited. I've made a note. We'll talk about that next week. Um, Guys, if you've got any questions, anything you want to get in touch, you can email startupdiary at nbs.fm. And if you want to be coached by the Adam Callow, (laughs) you can email him directly (laughs) at adam at nbs.fm. Until next time. (laughs) 